And I also tell them, don't overthink it. Don't go in going, okay, my personal brand. I'm going to have this look and this color and this style. And don't do that. That's the biggest mistake you can make Mm. because then you are controlling it and you're not diving into what you subconsciously prefer. Mm. So if you mentally control the process, you are not going to be happy with the end result. If you organically let it happen from your subconscious, subconsciously, you'll be much more pleased with the outcome. Welcome to The Wealthy and Well Woman, a podcast that celebrates choosing a life of overflow. If you're looking to grow your business, live on purpose, and feel your best while doing it, then you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Kat Sanuski, the business coach for wellness leaders and visionary female entrepreneurs, founder of Be Well Events, and international yoga teacher and trainer. My goal in this podcast is to help you curate your life by design and claim your dream business by giving you actionable tips and trainings that help you get out of your own way, step into your power and monetize your magic. I'll be bringing you a thought training or interview from experts that will help you break through your fears, take action and grow into those massive visions that you can't stop thinking about. I am so happy you're here. Now let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I'm so excited to announce our guest today, Sandy, who is a multi-talented individual who has had a diverse career journey starting as a commercial print model and transitioning into a personal brand web designer, entrepreneur, brand photographer, and beauty confidence catalyst. Despite facing bullying, racial discrimination, and harassment, she has managed to overcome these obstacles and develop her skills and talents in her entrepreneurial journey. Sandy, I know you have so much varying experience that I'm excited to hear about as well. I know that you've done so many different things, and I'm really excited to have you on the show today, so welcome. Thank you for having me, Kat. So do you mind jumping right into your story? I know I read a snippet of your experience and what you've been through and how you've gotten to this place as a personal branding and confidence expert, and you've worked with so many incredible different industries and entrepreneurs and different types of people. Can you just share with us your story into this, like a little deeper on how you got here? Wow. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot. So (laughs) I'll try to blast through this. Pretty much I... Paid my way through university by being a commercial print model and working trade shows for a living. Mm -hmm. So it gave me the opportunity of being in front of the camera and speaking and building relations through the way that I looked. Because even when I did trade shows, people came up to me because of the way that I looked. And then they asked Mm -hmm. me questions and I was able to engage. So that's how I paid my way through college. And I went to school and I got a degree in visual communications, which pretty much is a fine arts degree for graphic design. Mm-hmm. And right out of university, I ended up getting a job working for one of the top photographers in Los Angeles. And he was really in the hip hop kind of urban space. So we were dealing with a lot of athletes, musicians, people like Carmen Electra and, and urban actors. And it was really cool because I got to meet some incredible people mm. and I got to build websites for some super mega stars back in the day. But there were some things that happened at that job that I didn't really love. So one of them was uh, my boss sexually harassed me and made me feel really uncomfortable and forced me to quit. So I ended up working for another photographer and he was super famous. Same thing. He was working for big brands like Playboy and Body Glove and all these other huge companies. And I was building websites for his celebrity clients and major companies. And then it got really uncomfortable there as well. So I ended up leaving and I was like, I'm going to start my own thing because by this point I had my enough experience that I could do it. Right. 
And I ended up starting a company, Brio 5, which Brio means with confidence. And five was the year I started it, 2005. And I was building websites for small businesses. So I took everything that I had learned with these amazing photographers and I was applying it to everyday people and their businesses. So a lot of my clients were like chiropractors, small photographers, artists, people who were having little boutique shops. So I was helping them market themselves, put their products online. And part of that was telling the story about the business, which included them. And the issue that I was starting to face was I was creating this beautiful branding but they were giving me photos of them that didn't reflect the people I had gotten used to knowing. So I was working with these chiropractors and they give me these bad pictures, right? And the pictures made, they were grainy, low quality, blurry, and it didn't really portray them in the way that I had gotten to know them. So I had to say to them, listen, your pictures aren't good, redo them. And they would go to photographers and get terrible stuff. And it was just like a vicious cycle. So finally I said, you know what, let me just take your picture. And I didn't, proclaim myself to be an expert photographer. It was part of my degree, but it wasn't something I'd focused on. I was photographing product and stuff, which I was great at, but people was a whole nother thing. So I ended up photographing some people. And because I had a really good background in retouching, I could make them look good. And that worked out in my favor because they're like, oh, my picture looks so great. And I'm thinking, you don't know what I had to do to your picture to make it look great. <laughs> but I ended up learning from my mistakes in the photography part from all the retouching, and I quickly was able to adapt and photograph them better. And then one of the tools I used was my modeling background. So for years, I kind of got a little bit of, you know, people were like, oh, you're just a model. Oh, you know, things like that. And like, oh, you think you're so special. And I was like, no, but I learned a lot modeling. So when I was photographing my clients, I was able to teach them or impart my knowledge on them of the the way that I knew how to be in front of the camera and the things that I had learned from other professionals. And over time, my photography just got stronger and stronger. And then one year I was, I was in a meeting and this one woman ran a matchmaking company and she goes, Hey, would you be able to photograph some of our clients? It's like, sure. And what I didn't realize is they were the number one matchmaking company in the world at that time. And their clients were all fortune 500 executives. So I started working with high-level CEOs from companies like, you know, Instagram at the time before it was acquired by Meta. I worked with executives at Meta. I worked with people from um, uh, Compass Realty, some other huge companies. And I was photographing all of their executives. And after a while, I just phased out the web design stuff because it wasn't what I was doing anymore because I was spending so much time in photography. And one of the things I learned was that they wanted to be attractive for a partner. And this was both men and women. But they didn't want sexy pictures of themselves on the internet. And so I would say to them, your issue is you're going to be attractive in these pictures that the matchmaking company is going to give to your potential partner. And then they're going to Google you and they're going to find the worst pictures ever. And they're going to make up their minds based off of that. And they're either going to cancel their date or not sure or not keep dating you. And my executives were like, you're right, what do I do? And that's when it pivoted into full-blown personal branding for me. Mm. Because then I started teaching them how to come across as themselves for professional use so that they could attract not just the right match, but the right people to hire them, the mm. right people to work with. And it just bloomed from there. So I talk about beauty, of course, how to maintain a youthful look, how to look your best on camera, how to pose to make you look magnificent, different types of photography that you would need to market yourself for social media, for your website, 
for videos for everything if you're using images. Also, how to present yourself and carry yourself on camera so you have good follow through because you might have great pictures, but then if you get on the camera and then you look terrible, people are going to still be confused and judge you. So mm. how do you come across as you consistently and in a way that attracts your ideal partner, your ideal client, your ideal everything, right? Your audience. And that's pretty much what I do. Yes, I love it. And I love your journey because it's so good with the websites, creating websites, noticing the pictures. I see that a lot with business owners, either they want to hide behind their expertise. Like if they're mm -hmm. in nutrition, they want to post food all the time and they never want to show their face or they don't want to invest in brand photography of them because they think, oh, this is vain. It's not about me. It's about my work. And, and I see that a lot. And so you spoke to that so perfectly that so much of the impact is actually in the personal brand and is actually in you really showing who you are because there's yes. a million nutritionists, there's a million wellness coaches, there's a million chiropractors, you know, there's so many people out there. So how do you stand out is your personal brand. And so yes. I love that, that each part of this journey with the photography, I definitely want to pick your brain um, on even, even photo shoots, like speaking of brand photo shoots, I see clients that go from like never having done a brand photo shoot or have really, really outdated photos to investing in a, in a brand photo shoot. And then all of a sudden it's like their whole business feels elevated. You go there and you're like, Ooh, I'm intrigued already off the bat because of just like what I'm seeing on Instagram or your website or anywhere. And a lot of that comes through the photos and not super generic, like stock photo type. Stock, exactly. <laughs> I and, and that's what I've seen. I've seen a lot of people overlook that. They don't realize yes. the value of coming across as you. They yes. want to project a persona that is what they believe their target audience wants. Yes. So for example, I've seen a lot, especially in the wellness space, yep. I've seen them, I need to be professional. I need to wear my professional medical coat and I need to yep. have a very serious expression and have my arms crossed. I need them to know that I'm serious about my job because I'm a professional. That's the yes. thing that comes out a lot. And what happens is everyone looks like that. And no, it looks like a stock photo. It looks like stock. <laughs> and and the clients that are looking at this go, mm, boring. They don't look very nice, or they don't look. They look boring, or mm, I don't know. So what I recommend is portray yourself. If you laugh a lot, if you tell mm. jokes, if you have a fun personality, show it. If you're serious, if you're uptight, if you're very strict, believe it or not, show it. Yeah. Because yes, there are going to be people that hate you and do not want to work with you. You didn't want to work with them anyways, but mm. the people who are looking for your personality type are going to be loyal, diehard, raving fans. Those people are the ones that are going to stick with you. They're going to refer you. They're going to be your best marketing tool, but you mm. have to portray you and not the illusion because if you come across as stuffy and like serious and professional, and then your personality, let's say it's funny and you make jokes and you're, you have a wonderful personality that's very pleasant. People are going to assume you're going to be stuffy and then they're going to show up and you're going to be funny and it's going to confuse them, mm. especially if they were looking for someone who's stuffy. They're going to mm -hmm. be like, oh, well, they, I can't take them seriously. They're not professional enough. And you just yeah. did yourself harm. While on the other side, let's say you come across as like really warm and smiley and then you're super uptight and stuffy. Well, someone who wants someone uptight and stuffy is not going to hire you from your smiley pictures first off. Mm. 
And if they do, and they're going to expect you to be warm and kind and friendly and you're uptight, they're going to be confused and they're not going to refer you. They're going to say that person just wasn't very nice or they have bad yep. bedside manner or whatever it is. So I say, just show your real self so people can make a, a clear assessment of what they would expect you to be so that you can meet that expectation. And then you have diehard raving fans. Yes. I love this. So let's talk about the actual photo shoot, like prepping planning process. Do you have any recommendations? Say we're talking to, I don't know, a wellness coach and she's like, okay, I need to do a branding shoot. I need to actually show my personality, get this across. Do you have any advice for like a couple things to focus on before the shoot to really allow that to shine through maybe in what they're wearing in like some of the poses. I know you spoke to already, you know, being super serious and more like posed or being like laughing and joyful if that's your personality, but what other steps could they maybe consider before a photo shoot? The best advice I can give anyone walking into a photo session is show up prepared mm. because if you are not prepared. If you're going in, going, okay, the photographer is going to take care of everything. I don't really need to think about much. And I don't like photo sessions anyway. So it's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. Then it's going to read across your face and people are going to see it no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. Because I, th the truth is most photographers, they suck. <laughs> they don't like it when I tell the truth. They suck. I have seen so many. I have seen photographers that charge $10,000 and I can shred their photos in just a few words. I mean, uh, uh, the posing. Oh, well, they have closed body posture. Now no one wants to work with you because your body posture is closed. Closed body mm. posture is when your arms are crossed or blocking your body, signaling to someone, I do not want to deal with you. I might be mm -hmm. smiling, but really I'm closed. I'm not open to working with you. And that's like what a the, lot of photographers The classic uh, fitness the pose. That makes me or, think of that. The classic fitness where you have your arms, the, the arms, arms crossed. crossed and, yeah. Another one is just having the wrists crossed. And then your body turns, so you're actually closing your heart space. Mm. Sometimes arm cross works. If you're leaning in, you're smiling, you have your arms crossed, and it's pretty low, so your heart is open. But yeah. in most times, people's arms are too uptight, too high, mm -hmm. and covering the heart. So there's certain poses that are just instant no-nos. Yep. Or they're too masculine or aggressive, especially in the female space. Like, for example, so many photographers do the open crotch to the camera. I personally hate it. I've asked so many of my clients, they all hate it. And then they end up with open crotch to the camera shot. This goes <laughs> for men and women and it's gross. And these photographers are completely clueless. They just see it somewhere and they copy it and they think it's good and they go, it's great. And you're like, it's horrible. That's why people look at their pictures and they go, I don't know why I hate this picture so much, but the photographer mm -hmm. keeps telling me it's good and I hate it. Yeah. So there's a lot of things like that just photographers just don't know. So mm -hmm. that's why I say, be prepared. You need to know what you want. And you need to be very clear on that to the photographer so you can get what you want. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you won't. So one of the things that I say is make a mood board for yourself. I recommend my clients to go on Pinterest and then they pin to their Pinterest boards. They make an exclusive Pinterest board just for your personal brand. Pin to your board everything and anything that you love. That's really important. Not things that you're like, mm, yeah, this is okay, or mm, I kind of like this. And I also tell them, don't overthink it. Don't go in going, okay, my personal brand. I'm going to have this look and this color and this style. And this. don't do that. That's the biggest mistake you can make mm. because then you are controlling it and you're not diving into what you subconsciously prefer. 
-hmm. So if you mentally control the process, you are not going to be happy with the end result. If you organically let it happen from your subconscious, subconsciously, you'll be much more pleased with the outcome. So mm. go on to Pinterest, start pinning anything and everything. I mean, everything, pin animals, pin food, pin clothing, locations, your favorite vacation spot, aspirations, and also pin images that would represent what you would want to be in your brand. So for example, if you are someone who works one-on-one -on -one with patients, right? So, you know, some, some people in the medical space, they do everything virtual. So they technically don't work one-on-one, -on -one, right? Mm. Um, and some, you know, you have ones that will do everything online, right? But if you are sitting in there touching your patient's knee <laughs> and testing them for whatever it is, and you're physically one-on-one, -on -one, have images of that yeah. on your Pinterest board to remind you that you need that for your brand marketing. So that's why I'm saying be prepared. If you are someone that tells jokes and makes people laugh, pin to your board images of people laughing together. And then what you're going to use is this board. You're going to distill from it what your colors are because subconsciously you gravitate towards colors naturally when you don't think about it consciously. So just by pinning things you love, organically you tend to pin the same colors and the same things over and over and over, same aesthetics, right? And then that goes for clothing. You tend to pin the same types of clothing. So then when you look at this thing holistically from like back up and take a look at it, you'll see a pattern emerge. A lot of times you might even find the same things pinned. And that's a great sign because that means that you really, really love it. Mm. So if you really, really love it, you better start finding outfits that match that or using those colors because that's subconsciously what you gravitate towards. And then use it for locations, use it for interior decoration styling. Yeah. You might not have that now, but that's what you want. So shoot things that match that aesthetic. And mm. then when it comes to the poses that you want, so uh, like a lot of my clients will select images of them if they have pets where the pet is licking their face and they're sitting on a sofa and they're laughing or where they're writing in a journal, but they're not looking at the camera. Instead, they're like focused on the journal and smiling to themselves because they're really enjoying journaling. Mm. I have clients who will be on the cell phone you know, and they're showing that they're actively on calls. I have other clients who pin things where they're looking at a computer and working and they're reacting to what they see on the screen, right? So not everything has to be you looking at the camera, but it could be imagery of you actively doing what it is that you love to do in your life and your career. Then you take this mood board and you give it to your photographer. You give it to your graphic designer, you give it to your stylist, or if you're being the stylist, use it as a reference. Mm -hmm. And from that you shop from, you style from, and you create the imagery that you want. So that's the best way to be prepared. And I'm telling you, photographers either love this because you make their job so easy or they hate it. And the ones that hate it, stay away from them because <laughs> they have in their mind what they're going to do for you and they might not give you what you want or need. They're mm. going to give you what they can do, which is different. It's the type of photography they can do. A lot of photographers are lazy as hell, like those mm. ones that only shoot in the studio and will never venture out because they just want to keep it convenient for themselves. They want to charge you a lot of money, and then this is my style, and this is all I do. And if you don't love that and that's not what you want, then that's the wrong photographer for you. Yes, I think that's such a good point too. Like thinking about... I've done a lot of brand photo shoots and thinking about the ones that I've really loved and I've utilized the pictures and I'm like, oh, this feels like such, this is me. 
it's they even guide you to do that. They say, hey, go make a Pinterest board. Let's have it shared, pin all the things. Like they guide that entire process. And even I've done brand shoots that have a whole planning document of what are you launching this year? Where are you going to use the images, website, et cetera? You know, invite, do you want to invite clients into the photo shoot? All of those aspects so, so that you're actually showing the essence of what you do and not yes. just stuffy pictures. So I couldn't yes. agree more with all of that, even having experienced that and having some branches where I'm like, I might use one or two of these, but they're not they're, They don't really feel like me. You know, they, they don't just something about them doesn't really resonate with my feel and my essence. And I don't know why they're not terrible pictures. I just don't like myself. in them. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times it's because it's not you. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're not smiling enough or you're not showing the joy. You're not showing whatever it is that makes up you. Mm. And so, and you'll, and you'll have these photographers insist that it's a beautiful photo and you're like, yes. but I hate it. I don't know why I hate it. And then you ask your friends and family and either they'll give you, yeah, it's beautiful. Or they'll go, that's so not you. That's such a fake right? smile. What's wrong yes. with you? What are you doing? And the photographer's like, oh, it's beautiful. No. And one and thing I, I, I would like you, you know, be mindful that for your personal branding photo session, these are your images. You're going to be using them for a long time. Mm -hmm. If they're done correctly, you don't need to have a photo session every year. I tell my clients, have a nice variety. And unless you change, you get older, you change your haircut or color, mm. or something physically different happens to you, you could usually extend the use of those pictures for a few years. For years. Okay? I'm using, yeah. I'm using yeah, some but that's why I say get though. get get a nice variety of images so yes. you can sprinkle them around and spread them out, right? But what I found is that people get locked in this mindset that they have to love whatever the photographer gives them. Mm. And if you're not prepared, you're kind of stuck with that. So be prepared, go in, get a nice variety of stuff so that you have options. And then you don't have to keep going through this process because a big photo session can be exhausting and it's a lot yeah. of work and it's stressful. Mm -hmm. So why put yourself through that? Right. And, and something else that you mentioned that I just wanted to bring up again is the style of the photographer, because I think that's so important too, is if you're looking, you know, on different for different photographers on Instagram or websites or whatever, you're searching for a photographer. I think it's so important to find one whose style, if you're looking at your, their images and you're like, Oh, I love all of these images. You know, maybe it's a lighter style, maybe it's darker, maybe it's more moody, you know, whatever that style is, I think is so important too. Cause so many people, I feel like they're just like, oh, well, they're a photographer. So they're going to capture what I want. <laughs> if I have the That's mood exactly everything right. else, they'll do what I want. But if their yeah. style is totally different than your style, then it's not going to matter. You're not going to like the images. I mean, I learned that the hard way. I, years ago, I hired a photographer because I, I liked their pictures. I thought their pictures were good, mm -hmm. but I didn't really pay attention to the style of pictures. Mm. I just said, oh, these are beautiful pictures. And they shot pictures in like, I think they were in Cuba or something. I was like, oh, oh these are so different. <laughs> but I didn't pay attention to the style and the application. What were they shooting? I just thought mm. they were an amazing photographer. Right. So when it came to photographing me, it was awful. The pictures mm. were horrible because it wasn't what I needed. It didn't, it didn't apply to my needs. It was just, they were a great photographer in that thing. So yeah. what I also suggest is find a photographer that not just specializes in your style that you like, find someone who doesn't do everything. 
Because a lot of photographers will, oh, I shoot babies and I shoot animals and I shoot personal branding and I shoot food and I shoot product and I shoot apples and I shoot bears and I shoot forests. Everything. And you're like, "Uh, okay, that means they don't specialize in anything. Mm. You want someone who specializes in personal branding, photography, capturing the essence of you, telling your story, communicating things visually in images that get people to want to know more. Yes. So good. Okay. So everyone's prepared to go out and rock their next brand photo shoot. And if you haven't already gotten one, here's your signal to go do it, to book it now. Um, I have another question for you kind of based on this topic, but let's talk a little bit more about the components of having confidence as a personal brand. So of course the images are going to be a huge part of that, but what would you say are some other key components of really showing a confident personal brand? Falling in love with yourself. If you hate on yourself, if you have negative self-talk, if you self-deprecate, I'm not good enough, or I don't know, or I can't, or what if, and you doubt, you will not have confidence in your personal brand. It doesn't matter how great your images are. It doesn't matter if your service and product is the best in the world. If you doubt yourself and don't value yourself and know your worth, you will not be confident. Mm. And I have seen it. I have seen it when I've done podcasts. I've seen it with clients that I work with. When I'm done with them, they're not like that though. But I've seen it. And the facade of confidence. So coming in, sitting a certain way and being loud and acting like you're confident gets easily broken when you use self-deprecating words. You minimize, you over-apologize, you do things that tell people all of this confidence you see me putting out there right now is a mask. It's it's pretend. And it always stems from self-love. Yes. There's this, never an exception. This is not, and an that's area. what people need to understand. Yeah, this isn't an area where you fake it till you make it. Like, really, that genuine confidence is going to show through, and people are going to be able to see through that. Absolutely. I mean, I deal with guys, and they have this issue. They are confident in their job and what they do, but then they're not confident in other areas, and it starts to come across. So as soon as I work with them on understanding and loving themselves, and it's hard for a lot of these guys, you know, men are like, oh, I love myself. And then they go through it and they're like, oh, this is really hard. But once they get through it and they understand it and they get that aha, forced to be reckoned with. Mm. So it goes the same for women. It goes for everyone. Once you really love yourself and understand the power of you, and this isn't a me, my, I situation. This is just a value worth situation. Like if you love yourself enough, you are not going to tolerate things that are going to put you in a bad space. You're not going to tolerate filling your body with unhealthy food or putting yourself in unhealthy situations. There's a difference between being educated in something and tolerating something. Right. And I'm, I know so many people in the wellness space preach this like, oh, my gosh, I tell my clients, don't eat this. Don't do that. Don't take this. Watch this. Do organic. Do whatever. And they don't listen. A lot of times people don't listen because they don't. This sounds so brutal and ruthless, but they don't love themselves enough to care. Mm, so true. Find the ones that listen the most. You'll notice it's the ones that have almost died. Mm. So they've 
taken so much alcohol, it almost kills them, or they've been in car accidents, or they have cancer, or they are, they lost all their hair and they're unable to move. Whatever it is, people who have almost died are the ones who go, oh my God, I value my life. I love myself so much. I need to follow these steps so perfectly and make it happen, right? But most mm. people don't hit that realization. So the sooner you can hit that realization, everything changes for you. And that's when your confidence shines. It makes me even think about really quality online content. Some of the most quality online content is you being you and not being afraid of who you're going to piss off basically. And yes. who, who's not going to resonate with your message. And there's so many times where you can get caught up in, Oh, I can't post this. Oh, I can't say this. Who knows what so-and-so out there somewhere might disagree with me. And yep. it's so true with what you're saying is that that secret sauce, that number one really key factor is to authentically love and trust yourself and know your worth so that even if somebody else comes at you and says, no, you're wrong, that's not true, or I can't believe you said that and tries to tear you down and shake you, you know, to the core, no, I know my worth. I know my message. I know my mission and I know my value and nothing can shake that. Exactly. And if you actually step back and take what you said and break it down a little bit, the people who are attacking, the people who are going and saying bad things, who are being negative, those people, they don't actually love themselves. Mm. Yes. Because if they did, they wouldn't do that that to another person because they would understand how hurtful that, that is. And they would understand that we must have compassion and love for others as mm. we do for ourselves. Yeah. So go ahead, speak your truth. But I always tell people when you are speaking your truth on social media in particular, because yes, cancel culture is huge right now. And I feel mm. like there's a new rise of canceling cancel culture. So there's like the anti-cancel culture coming out. Yeah, because people are so censored right now. Yeah. But one of the things I tell people is when it comes to speaking out publicly, pay attention to what you're actually saying, because what you're fighting for might seem so important and so valuable to you. But is it coming from a place of love? Or is it coming from a place of pain? Mm. Because so many people lead with pain. Yeah. Think about it. When you are talking about a topic that you're passionate about, are you talking about it because you love it so much you want to share it with the world? Or are you talking about something that hurt you so bad you feel like you need to persuade or convey this to other people mm -hmm. in a way that's going to help them help you? Mm -hmm. Right. So is it coming from a place of pain or is it coming from a place of love? Mm. And when you work from a place of love over a place of pain, you are less available to canceling. Yeah, people are going to cancel you. But again, those are people coming from pain. They're going to try. But if you are coming from a place of love and you really want to help people like this message that I'm talking right now is something that just sort of came out recently for me about censorship and speaking your voice because I started self-censoring my, self myself because of what was happening during COVID yeah. and social, yep. like the social media and no one could say stuff. Mm. So I actually didn't even need to be canceled or censored. I did it to myself. Yeah. I think a lot of people did and have. 
And I think Uh that a lot of it has stemmed from that time. Whereas you used to kind of show up and say anything like boldly. And then it's like, Ooh, I got to watch. But they were still saying anything from a place of pain. Yeah. 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 Right. We need to, we need to really focus in on that. Where is it? Like an example I give that people get mad at me for, but I don't care because it's true. Look at vegans. Vegans come and preach from a place of pain. Mm. Right. And yes, it's, it's from the pain of the animals that the animals are experiencing. I understand that. But many vegans attack so ruthlessly, those who are not vegans, that they're attacking from a place of pain. But if they pivoted and, and didn't attack and just spoke from love, they would be more impactful and more persuasive to non-vegans than mm. if they come in with their, their pain. And I know this because yeah. I, I know people who were some of the biggest influencers in the vegan movement. And when they switched back to not being vegan for health reasons, they got attacked so ruthlessly oh, and yeah. so brutally. It was so cruel that it actually made me question, because I was a vegan, mm-hmm. it made me question everything. So if we don't come from a place of pain and we come from a place of love, we are much more persuasive and people hear us on a deeper level because it'll resonate with what they're looking for. Yeah. Pain or fear. It makes me think of fear as well. Like even- you know, I, Yes. I get that a lot. People will say yeah. that pain or fear. Fear is pain. Mm. Think about it. You're afraid because you are afraid of the pain. You're afraid of the pain. Yeah. Yeah. So good, Sandy. I've loved our conversation so much. I have one more question that I want to ask you before we close. What does being a wealthy and well woman look like in your life? What does that mean to you? You know, that's a really beautiful question. I'm glad you asked. Being wealthy and well to me is having the freedom to live the life that you want to live the life that makes you feel good and allows you to contribute. Hmm. And that includes being healthy, giving back, supporting other people along their journey and feeling good without superficial or external things influencing the way you feel. Like we feel good when we go shopping and buy something new, but do we really feel good? Because if that need comes back to have to go shopping again and buy something new to satisfy something that's not feeling good so that we can feel good, then it's really not freedom. Mm. So if you're so free that you go, you know what? I don't need anything. And I I, I travel to where I want to travel. I spend time with people I love. I do what I want to do. I wake up in the morning and I smile and I go, this is an awesome day. Or I, I wake up in the morning and go, this is the crappiest day, but I'm <laughs> going to make it awesome no matter what. Right? That is exactly what being wealthy and well is to me. I love it. Sandy, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for spending this time with me on today's episode of the Wealthy and Well Woman podcast. I am so grateful that you listened in. If you loved what you heard and you feel called to share, please go leave me a review on iTunes so I can make sure to keep all this good stuff coming your way. Also, share this episode with someone you think would absolutely love it, and I will be so grateful. That's how we spread the Wealthy and Well Woman mission together. If you aren't already following me on social media, come and join me by following at Kat Sanuski. I would love to connect with you there, and I cannot wait to connect with you back here in the next episode. In the meantime, go out there and shine as the wealthy and well woman you are.